The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm host Michael Dow, and with me tonight, uh, the usual Stefan Ward-Wheaton. Yeah, hello. And Sue Timberlake's lurking in the background here. Um, and uh, we also have a guest with us tonight in the studio, uh, Chief uh, Jody Casper of the Northampton Police Department. Good evening. <clears throat> um, so we're going to be talking about, uh, particularly we're going to be following up on the uh, uh, recent kerfuffle that surrounded uh, the dis- uh, discussion of possibly installing uh, uh, more public security cameras around uh, downtown Northampton. But before we get to that, I want to uh, remind folks that you can get in touch with us, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, and you can do that in a few ways. One, uh, it's email, Facebook. I've said, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm a little scattered today. Um <clears throat> CivilPoliticsRadio at ValleyFreeRadio.org is the email. Uh, uh, Facebook.com slash CivilPoliticsRadio is our Facebook community. At CivilPoliticsFM is our Twitter handle. And uh, you can also find us on the web at CivilPoliticsRadio.com. I should also mention uh, that coming up in about three weeks, we are going to have our Valley Free Radio fun drive. So uh, I hope you'll... uh, contribute to the station that is our broadcast home and uh that is an entirely all-volunteer operation uh you know run by nothing but donations and people giving their time and money and and uh creativity to uh put a lot of interesting different programs on the air and uh we hope you'll uh support us as we continue to try and do that so um uh pivoting to uh uh, I guess, local politics. Certainly there's been plenty of big news about, like, the president really, really, really wants to just pull out of the uh, Iranian nuclear deal. Um, uh, he also wants to pull out of doing disaster relief in Puerto Rico, which is just amazing. <clears throat> um, but, um, oh, and uh, uh, apparently the men's soccer team uh, failed to qualify for the World Cup, so... Uh, <clears throat> I, I I don't like apparently that's that's big that's a big shocking thing. Uh, I I personally didn't expect much of anything from the men's soccer team, and I think that when it comes to soccer, it's the women's soccer team is where all the uh, interest and action is. It's certainly the team I give a crap about mm-hmm. personally. I'm I just don't I I'm just sad that just an American team isn't there. Oh sure, mm-hmm. that's that's really what I and I'm I'm annoyed at them for not doing it. <laughs> well, they I'm certainly so had saying. to had to had to screw up pretty badly. I mean, we're we're talking like you know early seventies Red Sox levels of screw up. Yeah, I mean, like I don't. I mean, if it's like the the farm team not making the playoffs and the Red Sox doing yeah. and making it, I'm mad that the the farm team didn't make it, but I'm not as yeah <laughs> yeah. But I but they didn't, did they? They no. the Red Sox no. So now no. I'm just double sad. Aww. I'll be over here. <clears throat> Yes. Oh, thank you. Uh, we, uh, by the way, when we mention things uh, on the air, our esteemed producer genre is going to try and uh, 
uh, find links to them and put them up uh, in real time so that you can follow along at home. And uh, he's also uh, pushing those links out to Facebook and um, Twitter and using the hashtag civil references to make it easier for you to find them. <clears throat> so, um, uh, Chief Casper, so um, very briefly before we get into that, just like you've been uh, – Police chief of Northampton for two and a half years, and you've been serving in the community in the department as a as a whole before that for what like how long? Twenty yeah, years. Twenty years. Yeah. Twenty years. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> um. So, uh, this sort of public discussion about putting up surveillance cameras in uh, downtown Northampton. Uh, my understanding is it was prompted by you sort of having a, a public get-together at the senior center here in town about a month ago? Or was it earlier than that? I don't know. Like, that's when I first heard about it, people responding to that. Right, right. Um, well, we first started talking about it internally in the in the station well before that. And, and the mm. community discussion that we had was something that came later after we had done some research. I didn't want to have a community discussion without first really looking into it, uh, looking at what the cost may be, what the benefits may be, uh, and, and what would be important in a policy and what would mm -hmm. make sense for our community. So we had done quite a bit of research mm -hmm. uh, before coming into that community discussion. But then we recognized the fact that you know, as the police department, we kind of look at the community with a certain lens, you know, as yes. we all do. We all walk around with our own lenses. And um, I wanted to have more lenses uh, looked through uh, as I looked to create a policy and determine whether or not this would be a good fit for our community. So we had been looking at cameras for a couple of months prior to having the community discussion. So um, I, I, I've long maintained uh, or I've long sort of described uh, the whole role of police as serving like kind of the designated grown-ups in our society because, um, you know, like when, when two eight-year-olds are having an argument, a grown-up can come in and break it up and say, you know, Timmy, go to your room or whatever. And, you know, grown-ups have that power over kids because they're the grown-ups. But in a society where, at least in theory anyways, we're all equal citizens, it's really hard for someone else to come in and sort of break up an argument between two adults who are behaving like eight-year-olds, <laughs> which I guess is why, you know, we give you guys a badge and say, hey, it's your job, which gives you authority and power and also all the headaches of someone who has to deal with the, with the squabbling eight-year-olds. So Indeed. So. Yeah, there's a lot of headaches that we have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, um, and that, those are in I ideal circumstances where, mm. like, um, uh, you know, there aren't, uh, you know, firearms involved or anything horrible mm -hmm. like that. Um, but um, so from that perspective of someone who has to has to deal with uh, the public, maybe when we aren't at <clears throat> our best, uh, why, what, what about this uh, idea? What makes you say, like, this is a good idea because, because, like, I saw plenty of people sort of saying like, oh, God, the privacy concerns, mm -hmm. which I'm not going to try and belittle, but mm -hmm. just, you know, like people have had like a lot of concerns and I saw a lot of coverage about that. But like, so what's the what's the good things about this? Why do you think like, you know, this is this is worth even talking about? <laughs> well, like I said, and as you mentioned before, I, I've worked in this community for 20 years, so I've had uh -huh. a lot of experience and I, and I was a detective for many, many years and um, played a lot of different roles on the police department. And there were so many times when we would be investigating something and be like, ah, if only there was a camera there. And it was very common. And it was always about downtown. It's always our downtown intersection yep. where we always wish we had a camera because whatever somebody did before they did it or after they did it, they drove through there or walked through there or whatever they did. Um, and then, you know, 
we there's a lot of things that happen downtown. Um, it's a great city, a safe place, but it doesn't mean that things don't happen. And whenever something happens, it really rots to be the police officer who can't solve a case for a victim. And it yeah. just it's horrible. You know, people mm-hmm. come to you and they're probably one of the worst moments of their life many times and they come to us for help and they want us to solve their case and they whatever happened they don't want it to happen again so there's Mm -hmm. a deterrent effect of catching the person that did it um and it's so often downtown you know and downtown is such a small area of our of our of our city uh, but about 25 percent of all of our calls are in this really small concentrated area so in that sense it's kind of a brilliant spot to have a camera because we know that so much of what happens occurs there and then people ultimately pass through this area Um, so it makes sense to me because we have we we see cases that are solved using cameras in Mm -hmm. other communities and sometimes in our community when we're able to get kind of we have a peace field piecemealed network of cameras from like, say, a local store that might have a private camera or a bank or whatever else it may be. And we use that sometimes when we can. The quality isn't always as great. We're often looking at the small upper corner because it doesn't really cover what we need it to cover. Um, And so we're already using cameras in that way to solve some of these crimes that are coming into us. But there's always some that are unsolved. And that's really frustrating. And in the interest of public safety, we'd like to be able to solve those crimes. So to me, it makes perfect sense. Uh, this is not new technology. This is technology that is all over the place. Uh, our local communities have it around us. I've mentioned that in the community discussion. I've talked about Belchertown and East Hampton and Holyoke and Chicopee and Amherst. Most communities have this. And, and I'm not one to be like, well, everyone else has it, so we should. But hmm. other communities have it, and they have success with it. Uh, and they don't have any of these problems that people are talking about. And people have brought up some points that, I, I mean, I definitely listen to those concerns, and I, I take them seriously. You know, if people have these concerns, I want to be able to address those. Um, but a lot of people are talking about things that just aren't happening. Uh, you know, about cameras, say, negatively impacting marginalized members of our community. We already have cameras in some locations uh, on our station, in our cruisers, on our parking garage, in our schools, and we don't have that problem. Nothing mm-hmm. like that has been reported or, you know. So I don't, I recognize that that may have been a problem in some communities, um, and that's usually affiliated with communities that put a camera program in place, and then they have someone actively monitoring that, meaning they're sitting here staring at a screen watching all these cameras. Mm -hmm. That was never our plan, and that wouldn't be our plan now. Um, We would just have it and mostly use it for looking back in time after a crime has occurred. So, um, and just, uh, uh, I, I got like a, f- a few different questions here. So first off, like you were talking about, the, so the plan you're calling for is to put in cameras facing, sort of overlooking that intersections of, of, of Main Street and Pleasant Street becoming mm-hmm. um, uh, King Street mm-hmm. right downtown. So just that intersection, is that... I mean, I just, I, I yeah, don't yeah. even know. No, like, I love that you asked because actually nobody has asked. And I'm like, nobody what? even knows what they're talking about. Like they think, I don't know. That's what, like the first question. <laughs> no, no one's particularly asked me that question, which is the craziest thing. But that's ex- actually exactly what has happened with this. It's like we said the word cameras and like, no cameras. Everyone's gone. I'm like, we don't even know what we're asking for. We have no interest in covering all of our sidewalks and watching people's on sipping their lattes or hanging out on the sidewalks is is not our intent in any way Um, we would focus on that main intersection that would be my top priority is that intersection because i know how many things we've had happen where people have ultimately as i said before or after moved through that intersection we 
would have a better chance of solving that event. Um, and then the crosswalks going up the street. So there's like two there, the uh, rainbow crosswalk. Oh, up by Thorns Marketplace. Yep, the one mm-hmm. that crosses there. And then the one up further that goes over to Pulaski Park. And the reason why is because those are our highest kind of walk pedestrian volume uh, is on those crosswalks. Mm -hmm. So same concept as a car. Um, You know, if somebody does something bad, (laughs) makes a poor decision, um, but before or after that event, they likely crossed over that crosswalk and we would be able to see if we could identify them using that. So that's what our plan is. That's what we would like to focus on. Uh, And we think it would be very useful to help us solve some crimes. Okay. So um, you said mentioned currently there are some private cameras like, you know, the little cameras that uh, uh, automatic teller machines at various mm-hmm. banks and whatnot. Yep. So I'm just wondering, so like those are, <clears throat> excuse me, those are privately owned. They are. Um, but uh, do they, do they, do they choose to share them with you? Do they have to? Or like, can you get like, do you have to get a warrant to like look at them? Or I mean, how does that, how does that work having only seen it on TV? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like TV. No, <laughs> it is not just like TV. Um, actually, What's Chris Noth really like? <laughs> <laughs> we actually have great relationships with many of our downtown folks and, you know, people who are in private businesses or even residences in some cases who Mm -hmm. have cameras. And if we are investigating something, sometimes we knock on their door and say, hey, you know, do you have this? And, you know, in most cases, they they feel for whatever the crime was that we're investigating, they don't Mm -hmm. want that to continue occurring either. So in most cases, they've been great about working with our detectives to turn over video if they have it. Um, Some problems with that, and I talked about this at the community meeting, is that the the quality of the video isn't always what we would like it to be. I remember one case that was particularly bad. It was the Dunkin' Donuts um, when it was still downtown. It used to be B-Side Records and Dunkin' Donuts. Now it's, I think, Shelburne Fells Coffee Roasters. Oh, sure. Um, Right. And they had a camera in there. It was inside, and it went out, and it captured, like, a really small section of the sidewalk. So, like, and you could hardly see anything. Um, But we had a man who... I referenced this in the meeting as well, um, hold a knife to a woman's throat and, and rob her. Um, and we had him on, on video in that cruddy video, but it was outside. You couldn't really see, uh, couldn't get any good information from that. Mm-hmm. So that's an example of like, sure, they, they did turn it over to us and they were willing to do that, but the quality of it was really poor and wasn't really able to help it. So mm-hmm. even though there are some private cameras around our community, they're not really um, situated for often cases what we would be using it for because in most cases they're inside the business to prevent theft or um, mm-hmm. you know whatever else may be going on inside the business but less to do with what yeah. we'd be using it for so if um, you know we're sort of talking about uh, as as uh, as you both mentioned there's some questions that have gone unasked and thus unanswered like where the cameras are going to be maybe another question is what sorts of crimes are we looking to solve here what what are you seeing um, in terms of this kind of concentration of calls that you're getting um, in this downtown portion that's kind of prompting this interest in, in kind of a, um, in a city, you know, sponsored surveillance system. Mm-hmm. So downtown, it, it, it's a pretty active place for, for anyone that's been downtown. Uh, and we have a variety of crimes. So it'd be hard to narrow it down to just one. Uh, we certainly have a lot of theft. And I brought that up, and people don't like that we'd be using cameras for that. They're like, businesses should have to catch their own people who are stealing from them. So, As e- a local business owner, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what some feedback has been from, from some people who have been kind of protesting the cameras. They say the burden of catching people who are stealing should not be on the police it should be on the business owners they're already that's the belief that's what i've heard from some people i'm not saying i agree i'm just saying that is no no i I, as a local business owner we certainly try to prevent (laughs) theft but um yeah police help is nice 
it's it's handy. We appreciate but it, it. Even if you remove theft from from the whole equation, and you look at just other types of events that occur downtown, um, we've definitely had you know various types of assaults. So people who have been physically attacked. I mentioned at the community meeting, there's a particularly notable um, man who was beaten by a, a car load of of people. Uh, mm. People jumped out and seriously injured him. Um, we've had armed robberies that have occurred even on like on King Street uh, and actually then like fled through that intersection and we would have liked to solve some of those. Uh, we had a pretty significant uh, break in entering into Yes Computers a few years ago which mm -hmm. was a professional group that did that job. They also drove through that intersection actually to case us and to figure out what time our shift change was. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, um, and yeah. we've had I mean just a variety of kind of assaults and robberies and all you know all sorts of different things uh not ev not every day you know <laughs> and that's the nice right. thing about northampton i hang right. out downtown all the time in my off time and mm -hmm. with my family and it's a very safe place but things do happen sometimes and we'd like to be able to help those victims it is interesting just in the last week um over the weekend we had a, a indecent a and b reported on main street which is a, a sexual crime which we would like to know more about that. Uh, and we also had some folks who were panhandling on the street and they mm. actually had a man pull a knife on them. So those that's just in the last week, you know, so things are going on on, on our streets and some, some, some things. Somebody, that, sorry, somebody pulled a knife on the panhandlers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And that's what also a lot of people who are protesting cameras are talking about these cameras negatively impacting panhandlers. And, and what people may not understand is that when you are out panhandling, you and honestly, if you're just homeless, you're a pretty vulnerable member of our society. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things happen to our people who are out on the street. There's, there's, you know, assaults that occur, sometimes domestic violence, sometimes mm -hmm. thefts, lots of different things that happen. So many of the people who we could be protecting with these cameras are actually members of those groups that people think we're trying to target in some way, which is just the opposite of what we're trying to do. But again, those are kind of lost on some people who argue that. <laughs> Hmm. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, okay. So um, uh, I, I know this. there was uh, one of the things that sort of made a lot of people sort of, you know, pause and say, really, uh, about this plan was that it was supposed to cost like $70,000 or whatever. Mm -hmm. So why would it cost so much given that, you know, like – Video cameras, video t camera technologies become incredibly cheap. I mean, I've got one in my pocket, <laughs> in my phone, you know, and so forth. Right. Like, what about this would cost so much? Like, well, the cameras are a little bit different, probably, from what you have in your pocket, just in that they work in regular light and low light, and they can withstand different weather, and they may be a little bit um, higher definition than maybe what's in your pocket. I don't know what kind of phone you have, but I'm guessing. Um, and they probably have a little bit of a bigger range. They're also hardwired into electricity and they mm -hmm. have to be able to transmit. So, um, would they have know. like a backup power supply too? No, I don't believe that they would. It's a huh. good question, but I don't think they would. Yeah. I read all the specs, and I don't remember any sort of backup power supply. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they're. I mean, they're hardwired into our. So, electric. in order to thwart the Northampton Police Department, all I have to do is cause a townwide blackout. <laughs> exactly. And, right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Settle it. down there, Lex Thwarted. Luthor. <laughs> yeah, yes. Mike, you're not the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more about like Lex Luthor in the original Superman movie. You uh -huh. know, Gene Hackman vibe. How much land do you own? <laughs> Not that much. Land, son. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry. I was just... No problem. Picturing <laughs> dropping the West Coast into the sea and becoming rich. And then, you know, um, uh, 
Ned Beatty getting all upset with me. Anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, sorry. Uh, the related to this, See, the way to distract us is to just drop a comic <laughs> reference. If, yeah. if we're ever, if the questions get too hot, just like make a DC or Marvel. Yeah, yeah. And we'll throw us off the case. Oh, I'll just jump right in. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't reveal my kryptonite, man. <laughs> so. Um, Um, yeah, uh, well, and you're listening to the super professionally produced civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. Um, but, uh, so, uh, one of the issues about privacy that people sort of talk about is, you know, just that, like, this will be watching whatever's happening out in public 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 65 days a year. So, um, uh, just the idea that, the police can always go back and check up on them. So I guess one of the other questions is like, how long would you guys plan to keep uh, the the data? The, this the riveting files? footage. Yes, this riveting yes. footage this riveting of an empty footage. intersection yes. at four in the morning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, what we had proposed in the original policy was a three week retention schedule. That's pretty short, but that's for we built that in intentionally uh, because we were kind of thinking about privacy and people just. How they might feel knowing we had a year's worth of that very exciting intersection. So yeah. a three-week retention schedule would work for us. And I think anything major that occurred, we would hopefully know about. And that would give us enough time to, you know, look back if we needed to do that within that time frame. Hmm. So um, one of the other sort of issues that come – or one of the other sort of related discussions with police and cameras, of course, is the idea of wearing body cameras. And that – What are those? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Tell me about body cameras. <laughs> okay, A, no fair having better deadpan than me. <laughs> B, don't invite me to mansplain. I'm, I'm, I'm too vulnerable to that temptation. <laughs> I can answer the body camera question if you'd like. I, 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 I actually would, but uh, just sure. um, because it seems to me that one of the concerns that um, – well, Sue, you've brought this up from time to time over body cameras about the idea that, um, you know, police are walking around with body cameras. And so anything that happens in front of them, like inadvertently or whatever, is going to be recorded. So, you know, how do people feel about that? How does that affect privacy concerns? So like um, and then currently the Northampton Police Department does not have body cameras for officers. Is that correct? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we don't have body cameras. No. It is perplexing, though, because a lot of people have, like, a lot of people who are protesting these, these you know, regular cameras are like, get body cameras. And I'm like, you'd rather have us have all this footage of you up close, like me walking by you as you're doing whatever you're doing, that stored, than, you know... Uh, as I said, a rather a traffic camera, exciting basically. traffic camera, right. But mm. apparently people would. With a body camera, I'm going into your home. I'm looking into your car. I mean, whatever I'm doing, this is all recorded. So it's actually perplexing to me that people actually want us to have body cameras, which are much more an invasion of privacy versus these traffic cameras. But I, I, I understand, <laughs> but it just is also a, kind of a head scratcher um, because all the same discussions we're having around the freedom of information around privacy certainly have to do with body cameras and I would think at a much higher level body cameras record audio as well mm -hmm. these cameras we're talking about certainly don't um, so if you have some horrible domestic situation and I come into your home that whole thing is recorded mm. so I mean that's a whole other discussion but when you compare the two when you look at the cameras that I'm recommending and the body cameras they have different goals and, and mm -hmm. that's one thing that I, I think is important to point out 
Body cameras are really great in communities that have a problem with excessive force, have a lot of citizen complaints. Like you're putting them in really to make sure that your officers are, are doing what they need to do and also to support your officers when people say that we're doing things that we really didn't do. So yep. they, they have that role. And in communities that have had some really bad problems with use of force or with some other bad things going on, they've been very successful in reducing mm -hmm. complaints and reducing use of force problems. Um, in our community, as I pointed out at the meeting, we had two citizen complaints last year, two out of 40,000 calls. That's incredible, yep. incredible. So two calls, and those had to do with like rudeness. So that's not even anything a body camera would would have anything to do with you know what i'm saying yeah these other cameras that i'm proposing they're not there to reduce use of force or to reduce you know any of the other things that body cameras ad address they're there to catch people who are committing crimes or who have committed crimes and to help our victims so they have two really different mm. end goals and i mean i understand if people want to support body cameras you know i'm i'm kind of in the middle on them for a variety of reasons i'm watching everything progress boston just did a big pilot study that the whole state is watching like what are the outcome of the pilot study they had a hundred i believe a hundred officers that had body cameras on and we're expecting the results of that um, in, in a while, a couple of months, maybe by the end of the year, I'm not sure. But we're all looking to that, like, how did it go? How was it to manage the data? How cumbersome was it for the officers? How much did it really cost? All those things are lingering out there. How much time do you have to keep the data? Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and actually, again, one of the... Sorry, Sue, I keep sort of mentioning your points, but um, <clears throat> I hope your throat feels better soon. Yeah, okay. Just, um, but one of the, <clears throat> one of the uh, issues that Sue, sort of Sue pointed out uh, when we talked about this before, and I, I think on the show that uh, uh, from a couple of weeks ago that you might have listened to, but um, of course, if, you know, the police have a, a, a camera uh, that's collecting information, like, would that be sort of proprietary to the Northampton police? Or would that be like, wind up so that the state police could look at it freely? Could the FBI, could the national security agency or homeland security i mean mm -hmm. like once it sort of gets out of your purview like the alphabet soup of federal agencies mm -hmm. some of which people don't trust uh are you know can, can can they do whatever they want with that information or how does that work that's certainly been a question that's been brought up quite a bit over the last month yeah. and i have yeah. no idea what the answer is so that's why i'm asking <laughs> well, it again well here's what's <laughs> funny about that or kind of interesting i guess is that when i was first asked that question at the community discussion honestly it's not anything that i had particularly considered because that yeah. just never happens so but uh, as soon as it was mentioned in the community meeting i realized that wow this is people are grabbing onto this and we're very much afraid because of our status as a sanctuary city and we're protective of fair enough members of our community I, I hadn't even thought of that but sure, i hadn't yeah. either but yeah, that's but yeah, why is, i asked is, for is, other lenses is, you know, is immigrations right. and customs enforcement sort right. of going to go like thank you for the footage right, Look, there's right. so and so and yeah. as soon as i heard that that became a concern for me as well I'll, i had never thought of it again yeah. because it's never happened because yeah. The federal agencies don't want to look at our traffic cameras any more than I want to. Like, it's not very exciting footage. And no. I, I actually don't even, it's hard for me to imagine how that footage could be used against any member of our community, like, from, you know, an, an ICE perspective. Like, I don't know how ICE would come and be like, we want that. And then we give it to them and then they're doing evil things with it. I don't even know what they would be doing. Well, I guess the idea is that they would have it sort of be, uh, they'd have the data and they the, the footage and they'd have a, computer watch it basically with facial recognition software and it's like yes. oh there's so and so and now we know that they are there and they were there at this time and look yes. they walk through this intersection at noon every day so we can just go and right. wait there to, to to snag them or something so 
So what I've learned about the facial recognition is that if we have a zoomed close-up of something and the person's face is already logged into a system, similar to a fingerprint or anything yeah. else, then yes, you could conceivably reverse apply facial recognition software and like make a match. But yeah, our cameras I've only are, seen it on TV, so yeah, it, I, it looks yeah. super cool on TV, but I have no idea. The cameras <laughs> we're proposing are, are very far away, and and either way, um, we'd yeah. be able to write into our policy that we. Are, we wouldn't be releasing this to outside agencies. The concern was brought up by a few people. Well, what if through the Freedom of Information Act, what if someone came in with like a public records request? I reached out to that office and to the attorney for Mass Chiefs of Police earlier mm-hmm. this week, and um, they feel that there is an appropriate exemption for that where we would be able to deny that request. So mm. I, I'm still in a research phase because sure, honestly, yeah. it was a I had never <coughs> thought of that because it seems so outside of the lines. But mm-hmm. because it became a concern for our community, I wanted to look into it. So so far, when I'm finding is there may be an exemption to protect that. Right. And obviously, if for whatever reason, the FBI wanted that footage, they could come to you with a warrant, if which is was, a different thing. And that would be issued only if there were a crime. So if they right. came with a subpoena, or, yes, and they'd have like to have that, the probable they cause. They would have to have probable cause that, for that something kind of to have occurred. Yep. Which I believe that's what's called a legal safeguard. John, did you have a thing to jump in on? Because I, I saw you moving. I, uh, my peripheral vision. Probably just there. dumb joke. Yeah. <laughs> Stay in your lane, buddy. <laughs> so, actually, I do notice we're just about at the at the halfway mark on the show here. So, uh, probably it's about time to, for us to take a short break, play some PSAs and other station announcements, and we'll be back with more civil politics in just a couple of minutes. Don't go away. We'll be right back. It's classical music on Valley Free Radio. Tune in to Andy Musique. Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. for an hour of beautiful music to start your day. Hosted by Lucy and Larry. This is Andrew Farris of NXS. Hi, this is David Santos with Eddie Japan. Hi, this is Midgeoff Multiple. This is Charlie Crisis, Eddie London. Hi, I'm John Waters. Hello, this is Mary Gold of Africa. Hello, this is Daniel Ash from Bathhouse, turns on Bell and Love and Rocket. And my name is Wendy, host of Subculture, a music program featuring new wave, electronic, indie, and funk music. You can catch my show every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. But if you miss out, no worries. Subculture replays Sunday mornings from 2 to 4 right after OK Asia right here on Valley Free Radio. This is Ruthie from Pedal People with a public service announcement. If you frequent downtown Northampton or Florence and you pass by the recycling and trash bins on the street, the public ones, I'm here to let you know that cups are not recyclable. No plastic cups, no paper cups, no styrofoam cups, no clear cups, red cups, blue cups, yellow cups, no insulated cups. Because if you put cups in the recycling bin, it means either I pick them out or someone at the sorting facility picks them out in Springfield, or it contaminates the whole load too much that the whole load is considered trash. Or if you can just bring your own cup all together and not have disposable cups, that'd be even better. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your cooperation. Sundays at 10 a.m., WXOJ's radio show, Occupy the Airwaves, has the latest news from the occupation movement, locally, regionally, nationally, and around the planet. Tune in at 103.3 FM or webcasting at www.valleyfreeradio.org. Blogging at occupytheairwaves.wordpress.com. Listeners can call into the show at 413-585-1033. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, 
in the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. Hi, my name's Leo, and I use he, him, his pronouns. Hi, my name's AJ, and I use they, them, theirs pronouns. Did you know that sex is your biology and gender is how you identify? You can't assume someone's gender. Based on their clothes. Based on their hair. Based on their voice. Who they hang out with. Who they're attracted to. My gender isn't your business. Ask me my pronouns! Brought to you by the PVPA Student Group for Gender, Sexuality, and Diversity. Hey, Mom, how about this game? What's it rated? Uh, let's see. T for teen with violence and suggestive themes? Uh, no. Video games are fun, but not all games are right for all players. Look for the rating symbol and content descriptors and read the rating summaries that tell you what's actually in the game. This one better? Oh, much. For more information about ratings and rating summaries, visit ESRB.org. You want to learn to fix your bike? How to keep it tuned up so it's there for you when you need it? Or maybe you know already, but you just need to borrow a bike-specific tool that you don't have. Well, come to the Bike Lab at 12 Northern Avenue in Northampton. Drop-in hours are Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Come with your bike or your questions. And your willing attitude. Or just to share your company. Spare parts scavenger hunt every weekend. That's the Saturday Bike Lab at 12 Northern Avenue. Venga para el Bike Lab de Northampton y se divertirá mucho, le enseñará muchas lecciones como arreglar bicicletas. Details are online at pedalpeople.coop under Bike Workshops. They say freedom isn't free, but at the Bike Lab it is. Yay, Bike Lab. So, hello, and welcome back to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. <clears throat> and we're still uh, fortunate enough to have with us here in the studio uh, uh, Chief Jody Casper of the uh, Northampton Police Department. Um, and we had a few more questions uh, in our uh, grilling of you. We should, <laughs> the hot lights. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Actually, I just want to interject again. Uh, if any time you have a question, any time that you would like to comment, please email us, uh, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfewradio.org. You can tweet at us at civilpoliticsfm, and you can go on Facebook and leave a comment or uh, send us a message. That's facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. I'm checking all that right now. Yeah. So uh, if you want to send in a comment before the show is over for the chief of police, then please do. Yeah, and we've actually had a couple of questions, and one of them, John, um, actually, so what was uh, one of our listeners, Johanna, she had a question, and 
I'm scatterbrained and I forgot. Uh, Johanna wanted to know um, if uh, you, you've been talking a lot about the the research that you've been doing and all this information about like what where the cameras are, uh, the length of time that you're going to be keeping the uh, uh, the footage, things like that. <clears throat> and um, uh, she was wondering uh, if this information was public anywhere, like all this all this specific information. If it was public anywhere, if it's published someplace, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah that's a, a great question. During the community discussion, uh, we did have a, I had a whole PowerPoint. It had a lot of information in there, and it did talk specifically about um, some of these things. Uh, you know, I think I brought a model policy to that discussion, and that model policy was one that I sought from CALEA. CALEA is an, the national accrediting agency for police departments, so they have some really excellent model policies. And I, I I wanted to make sure that we had a, a good policy that would be a good fit for our community that addressed what I thought would be some of the communes, uh, concerns from our community members, things like uh, training for officers who were going to be using the system, uh, things like limited access, things like documenting access, uh, things like uh, you know profiling different members of our community based on anything other than behavior. So in the model policy, all those things are addressed in that policy. Not to say that it, it doesn't need some revision, certainly. And when I brought this forward. I mean, it was really in its infancy in the sense that I, I was looking for feedback so that I could improve what we had and really make sure that we moved forward thoughtfully and took into consideration our, our community members' concerns. Um, so the question was, is it public? <laughs> it was public at that meeting. Uh, I, I certainly have a lot of documents and many, many files and things in my office about cameras. Um, but as I was mentioning before, it just this got sped forward very quickly because of the uh, city council's uh, interest in, in the ordinance uh, prohibiting cameras and also the yeah. uh, referendum. So I've been working on, you know, being present at those meetings and being able to answer questions there and haven't had as much time to dedicate to, you know, working on the details, which I think really still need to be ironed out. Uh, yeah. But this has been sped forward so quickly. I haven't been able to you know, put a group together and talk about what those details might look like. But my intent was to collaborate with, with some of our community members to really come up with what might be a good fit for, for our city. So actually, you, <clears throat> sorry, you mentioned the city city council meeting. I remember there was a, I, I read an account of that uh, on MassLive.com. And uh, one of the, if I remember correctly, uh, when they were discussing the, you know, a, a ban on cameras and whatever, uh, you pointed out, uh, you were. I think it said that you pointed out that uh, uh, if they wrote too sweeping a, a a measure, it would wind up prohibiting uh, policies you guys already follow that are already you know legal and helpful for law enforcement. Um, did, assuming I'm not just totally wrong in my recollection, <laughs> what what were those concerns you had about? Uh, you know, what does the Northampton Police Department already do that you were worried like, <laughs> oh, we can't do that anymore, and that's a problem? <laughs> that's a great question. Again, thank you for asking that. Oh, sure. um, I did put together a, a, a letter to city councilors uh, shortly after I heard of this referendum and the ordinance, mm -hmm. and just really my intent was to educate the councilors on how we use cameras currently and, and how important they are. And <laughs> Please don't tie our hands and prevent us from being able to do our jobs by passing this ordinance. Um, basically, you know, we have different camera systems that we already use in our, in our community. Uh, and I've mentioned those, you know, we have them on the police station. We have them outside of the police station, all up and down Center Street. And so when you're walking down Center Street, you're already on camera as you walk down. 
uh, that street. A little bit of Masonic is covered as well. Um, so we have those. And then, of course, we have the parking garage where we have cameras inside, uh, all in the parking garage. We have them in all of our schools. We have them in all of our police cars that are marked. So all of our marked police cars actually have a camera running all the time. So if you walk in front of a police car or you're walk- walking on the sidewalk, you're, you're being recorded by that police uh, cruiser. Just out the front, right? Just out the front, yeah. Okay. And it's been phenomenal in reducing, we use it, you know, mo- I mean, obviously for motor vehicle stops, but when we're sure. making a, a drunk driving arrest, an OUI arrest, um, we've been able to resolve those cases much more quickly because, of course, if a jury can watch someone be impaired, they look a little different there than they do when they're dressed up for court. Sure, yeah. Um, and it's been very helpful, right? It, it provides yeah. an accurate account of what happened. So all of our all of our cruisers have cameras as well. Our fire station, they're around. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so we use those. Those I would call our kind of... Uh, you know, permanent fixed cameras and also our mobile cameras and our cruisers. We also use temporary cameras. Now, temporary cameras are ones that we can mount up on a, on a pole or wherever we may want to put them, um, and we use them in investigations. The most notable investigation that we have used these sorts of cameras in of recent note are probably the human trafficking case that we had. That was an eight-month investigation. Um, and those, those are really complicated cases. We, you know, without mounting cameras inside, <laughs> it's very, which we did not do. You would have to get uh, you know. how, how did you uh, sorry how did those cameras pl- play into that case I, I, I ignorant yes that's okay so we had a, a large variety of locations that were involved in the human trafficking case it spread from here in western Massachusetts down to Flushing New York there were a lot of different um, Asian massage parlors that were involved sure. so having them outside and then having a central location where an officer could sit and monitor them what we needed to show was that these women were actually never leaving these businesses they were living in there they were being held their bosses if yeah. you want to call them their bosses were bringing them food were bringing them supplies because they were never allowed to leave huh. um, and w- there'd be no other way for us to kind of best explain everything that's going on uh, without being able to document all that. Also, of course, watching people go in and come out and, you know, knowing Mm -hmm. who those people were and being able to talk to them later to ask them about what happened and their visit uh, was very important. I mean, and so that's how that investigation played out. And we were able to, I mean, that took many, many months. And we, working with the attorney general's office, um, stopped this whole organization in our community. So that's just one case. Uh, we've certainly had the temporary camera up in other cases, uh, notable the Anthony Bay case where we had the the um, young man who lit all the fires in yeah, our city. Yeah, I was going to say the arson case. Killed right? two yeah. people. Yep, yep. Yeah. Cameras were used in that case. Um, so, you know, just <laughs> an example of a few notable ones, but we've used it also for certainly narcotics dealing investigations and, mm-hmm. you know, other sorts of crimes that we know are occurring in specific locations. So those temporary cameras, if this ordinance passes, I, I'm not sure what we would do downtown if we had a report of something going on and we have this ordinance that actually prevents the police department from being able to conduct the investigation that the way that we would or the way that we know how. I mean, I, I don't know how we would if we had an Asian massage parlor pop up downtown. It would be very challenging to do that investigation, you yeah. know? You wouldn't have been able to, to break that case. It would have, I don't it, I don't know what we would have done. It yeah. would have been uh, post people out there for months. I mean, that's unrealistic, and that's not an, an expectation that we have in our budget either to yeah. be able to, to do that. Um, so that's my concern about it. E- even beyond, 
you know, fixed cameras and wherever that lands. Passing this ordinance means that your police department cannot do what we've been doing for many, many years and very successfully solving crimes. And I want to point out, we're not doing anything weird with this footage. We're not all the accusations that or fears, I guess, that people have about what's going to happen with these cameras. We already have cameras everywhere and we don't do anything weird with them. We use them to solve crimes. Well, and so and so if the ordinance passes, you'd have to remove the dash cams from all the cruisers? Nope, because um, when the two city councilors who, who wrote that wrote it, they, they know we have those, and I, yeah. they, they, I think, value those. And so the city ordinance is specific to fixed cameras. Um, so huh. if we, and also it right now reads temporary cameras as defined as no more than 24 hours. So for me, I mean, the fixed cameras is one issue, but not allowing us to use our temporary cameras to do the types of investigations that we're doing would really hinder our ability to best do our jobs. And in one of the most, you know, busiest, vital areas of our community. Hmm. It's, I am. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I really am. I'm rarely yeah. speechless and I'm, I'm shocked at the, uh, this effort to, to say that we don't want any cameras anywhere downtown. I don't think people have an understanding of how frequently we actually use them and how useful they are hmm. to us. So um, I guess returning then to the to the question of body cameras, because this is something I wanted to ask you a bit more about, and we have a, a few minutes left. Um, I just uh, the idea of of having them is something that's gotten a lot of of, of traction nationally. Um, so I'm wondering just a couple of questions, like when you think about it as the chief of a police department and you have some reservations. Um, I imagine one of those reservations is cost because Mm -hmm. you have to manage the budget. That's part of your job. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm wondering, first off, like, like how much that would cost. And I'm also wondering, like, beyond like the, you know, how do we pay for this as responsible public employees or hopefully responsible? (laughs) (laughs) We do our best. Pretty responsible. (laughs) So um, but also, like, what are the concerns you have? beyond the the cost of doing it what are the what are some of the main problems you see for it so sorry go ahead Uh, So, yeah, I mean, the the cost is definitely a concern. We did look into it, like, shortly after Ferguson occurred. We Mm -hmm. looked into it in earnest. We, I did. I was a captain, I think, at the time. And I said to the chief, like, I just want to better understand this issue. So I reached out to a couple companies. They came in and did some demos. We got some pricing. How much would it cost? At that time, so this was a few years ago, it was around uh, $40,000 to outfit 40 or 50 of our police officers hmm. uh, with cameras, and then about 15000 a year to store the data. So data storage is a, a big part of the cost. Mm-hmm. Um, but even outside of that, so like, eh, you can, okay, I can maybe maybe figure out a way to right, move toward that. Outside of that, the big concern is how do you manage this massive amount of data that you need to sift through all the time to pull information out of? So the body cameras whatever you witness, so you're a police officer, you go and you take a report of whatever, becomes discovery material. So if you make an arrest, then the you know defense attorneys and the prosecutor want copies of everything. So there's, of course they're going to want copies of what's on those tapes or on the recording. So you would need to have a system where everything is flagged. So mm-hmm. an officer handles... Uh, whatever, say 10 to 15 calls a shift. Everyone, you need to go in and flag it, which a lot of the newer systems, the technologies come a long way. They, they do flag it. You have to be able to go in. You have to burn those copies, you know, and get them to their regular mm-hmm. locations or whatever. You're talking about quite a bit of data that you're now all of a sudden, you know, sending out there. And that takes time. I've already spoken, I mean, uh, 
to people about this and said, just so you know, if body cameras ever come our way, we're definitely going to need a staff person to manage the data. It's just, oh, sure. it's a lot. So additional costs aside from just the equipment is the data. Um, and, you know, I don't even know what would most of the communities that have added body cameras, they've had to negotiate with their union. So it's a contract issue um, that, you know, would be an additional cost as well. What's the, um, sorry, what's the contract issue? Well, it's a change in working conditions. So we would have mm -hmm. to negotiate something, mm -hmm. uh, most likely, yeah. <laughs> with our with our union members who would have this, you know, change in their working condition. Yeah. So that would cost a little more as well. Um, but my big concerns with it really are just, all the stuff that I talked about at the beginning. How do we manage those privacy issues? What about when I go into a house and I'm in your house or your child is there or mm -hmm. you're really impaired, you're really drunk, you're embarrassed about however you are, mm -hmm. um, and then someone comes in and requests a copy of that? You know what? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot around that. And if you're in a public place and you're, we're responding to you and you're swearing at us and calling us all these names, that whatever, is, I'm sure that it would is... never happen. But if it did, oh <laughs> heck no. <laughs> but if it did, um, you know that. Public records requests and managing that, right. I have mm -hmm. the privacy of my citizens to protect as well. Right. Um, so I have a lot of questions about it. And what right. I really want to watch is other communities <laughs> go ahead and wade into the water mm -hmm. and work out the kinks. I'm yeah. not opposed to body cameras in general. Many of our officers are not opposed to them in general. But there's a lot of unanswered questions. So right. those are my no, – I that, have those same unanswered that, questions. That's a good point. If I'm drunk and disorderly you know, out in front of the Pearl Street nightclub – that's one thing. Like I'm out in the street, but mm -hmm. if I'm, you know, drunk and disorderly in my backyard, and for some reason you guys are having to come and interact with me, mm -hmm. like that is, you know, I'm allowed to be drunk and disorderly in my own backyard. <laughs> <laughs> at least I thought so. <laughs> so, but that yep. becomes a, a matter of public record, at least potentially. Potentially, mm -hmm. I mean, many yeah. th there are some things that are private. There's an exemption written into the public records law for privacy, but I want to see cases go forward mm -hmm. so I know what, how the public records office is going to fall on these issues because mm -hmm. I have I have concerns about these things. Well, and, and also that issue. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Stefan. No, it, um, it's. Maybe something worth mentioning is, and uh, that I was going to bring up is that we have an added um, layer to this, which is uh, Northampton has um, the our open data portal, which was convened, I believe, um, after sort of uh, former President Obama's task force, which was uh, designed to promote uh, police transparency. This went in in 2015, I think, for the city of Northampton. Uh, we will link the uh, open data portal um, on our uh, little Facebook page. I'll oh, yeah, send yeah, it yeah. over to <laughs> Mr. Roberts. Um, how does, what is an open data portal? I'm like, you know. Well, <laughs> as, as far as I understand, uh, Chief Casper can explain, but this is basically a way for citizens as well as um, members of the police force to view crime statistics and also to sort of get a sense of, um, you know, w police data writ large. Is that correct? Well, I'll... I'll tell you, I love open data. So who doesn't, right? It's very exciting. So traditionally, police departments would release data on crime. So you can always look on any police department, find out how many cars got broken into or how many businesses or whatever else. Yeah. Uh, but what they rarely released were things like, well, how many women or people of color or any um, one did you write tickets to mm -hmm. how many um how often did you use force how many times did you spray someone in 2016 how many times did your officers use spray and when you did spray someone how old were they what was their race what was their gender and what did they do and where was it 
Oh my God. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's such good information. So all the, and, and really what are the, your own employee demographics? Historically, police departments have been a little shy about sharing about our sure. activities and our own kind of internal operations and the open data portal. I mean, it's filled with numbers and graphs. It's fantastic. Um, it reveals all that, you know, because mm-hmm. we, we really truly are trying to be the best that we can and be a transparent police agency. If people want to know about how we use force, if they want to know about how many times we've we've had shots fired, zero. Mm-hmm. Um, Hooray! Yeah, right? That's <laughs> good. But officer-involved shootings is one I of the... I am very happy about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always tell cops when I see them on the street, just like, have a really boring day. Yeah, we, tr- we try. We try. Not lately, but we try. Yeah. Um, but officer-involved shootings, use of force, employee demographics, those are types of data that the larger national you know, organization really recommended releasing, saying this is really important stuff for that the citizens deserve to know about. Mm-hmm. So we got together a fantastic mix of, of citizens and police officers, and we talked about, well, what data do you think is important? And we kind of hammered out a lot of different data sets and produced, I don't know, maybe 15 or 17 that are in there covering all sorts of different subjects so um yeah i love it it's data it's good stuff so stefan now that i know what you're talking about what was your actual question (laughs) well it was i guess it was partly a question and partly just an opportunity to sort of expound a little more would that provide an uh, would that be another means of access for people who wanted um you know who wanted to be able to either view or sort of get um statistical or data, you know, uh, data-related takes based on footage that would come out of a program like like what you're talking about. You mean, would we put on there kind of how, uh, I'm not sure what your question is, like, would people be able to view footage on there? Well, also that, but would that be part of the, would um, data pulled from footage be part of the collection that goes out and is viewable by the public through this pro- through this open data program? You know, it's not something that we particularly considered, although we're pretty transparent about most things that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's possible that if we ever did add cameras into downtown, you know, the open data team could meet and talk about, you know, how we might be able to capture that data so that we could be clear with our public about how we're using it. It would certainly be information that I would be tracking if we put cameras downtown. How often do we use them? Like that's Mm -hmm. a really important piece of data to track. And I love numbers and I would certainly be doing that. (laughs) Well, that sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) <clears throat> um, gosh, there was a, a question. I can't remember what it was. Oh, yes. Um, uh, um, so uh, the uh, coming back to uh, body cameras for a moment. So um, those are much those would be much up close and personal. Those would like it be sort of the equivalent of like having like a, an iPhone on my chest, mm-hmm. you know, recording things and would have similar kinds of, of visual qualities uh, roughly. It, roughly, yeah. They yeah. they have different kinds. They have some that are you wear on your glasses, and the reason why is because then when you turn your head, the camera is actually revealing what the officer saw on your chest, as you've probably seen from watching videos. Um, if there's a you know wrestling or even a shooting, you see the hands go out. As soon as the hands go out, it blocks the view of what the officer's seeing. Hmm. So they have. Uh, ones that are worn on the glasses, they have some that are worn on the lapel. They they do have the kind that are worn on the chest uh, as well. So there's lots of different types to kind of explore. Uh, but there's been a lot of issues with those too. And a lot of times I've seen the 
you know, wrestling matches and people accuse the officers of, of well, they didn't turn it on, they didn't activate them. Mm-hmm. But I think what people may not understand is when you're in a situation where it's a very high stress situation, um, reaching down and switching a button might not be the first thing you think of. And, and that, yeah. and that's part of the, you know, that's part of the issues with them. I, in some cases, sure, maybe there has been an intentional turn off of a camera, but I can speak from my own experience where I actually got in trouble once because I was a, I don't know, I think I was a sergeant or something. And I, was there was a report of something going on and like I was standing on Main Street and then I'm like oh there's the car and I had to run over and jump into my car and I jumped in my car and like went down the street and stopped this guy and I forgot to turn on my my mic on right and I mm-hmm. got written up for that um and that was not I, I didn't mean to forget that right yeah. but I was very focused on, on on arresting the subject who had just been in a domestic and was fleeing and this whole thing so there's a lot, you know, yeah. it's not always just the cops are like, oh, they shut it off. It's a stressful job. And for those of us that are actually in these booths, we, we get it. You know, it, it's not always the first thing you do when you're and, in a high stress situation. And the alternative is to just have it so it's always on. And you could, although you've got a lot of data recorded then, and then you're responsible for that data all the time. Right. You know. <clears throat> and again, like all that data, um, people are concerned about like, well, I don't want, you know, ICE to have you know, data to do scan for facial recognition or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, those those concerns. And I again, I I don't know. I barely know how to turn on things. So I don't know how well they work. I get that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you know, like like the the concern of like, you know, this would all be data that could be trolled by federal agencies or whatever, um, whether or not licitly or not, I guess, is another <laughs> another concern. Um yeah. Whether yeah, and uh, re- regarding federal access, I mean the data from body cams and the data the footage from body cams or the footage from this would be treated the same way. They're no different. So either mm-hmm. they can be protected from release to anyone or they can't. Um, you know, based on the information I've kind of been gathering this week, it looks like there may be a way to exempt it. Uh, I'm not willing to just sure. you know, stick my flag in the ground and say yes, definitely, but it leans that way right now and I'm reading over some other cases where people have requested footage and it's been able to be denied. And you'd have your if you had your druthers that's how they do it. That is how yes if I had my druthers. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So (laughs) what? (laughs) I don't know I just like that word. Rarely used. It is. Yeah. I like but when it comes out it's good. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's why I say nifty all the time. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway. it's it's, it's one of the words I'm going to use more and more as I slip into my dotage. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> you just... Uh, yeah. Just, just do the end. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it is about time for us to wrap up this episode of Civil Politics. Uh, wow. I this have was... one final question, if, if there's time for a brief final question. Well, hurry up and make it. Okay. You've been, uh, you've been working in this department for 20 years, is that right? Just about, yep. Just about. Um, you've been chief of police now for two and a half. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest uh, transition or maybe unexpected change that now that you're in charge, um, now that the buck stops with you that you've noticed um, <laughs> and that you've experienced now that... You're asking this with like I've got like a, yeah, 45 seconds to go. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Oh, what I can say in, in, in mm-hmm. just policing in general is that it's a whole different world now than it used to be. I think mm-hmm. that the, the presidential election and everything that happened around that leading up to it and after it has completely changed policing, um, race relations, police community relations, you know, trust, Mm -hmm. legitimacy, transparency, all these things are are just huge now. And so uh, leading a police department right now, no matter where you are or what chief you're chiefing of, it's it's incredibly challenging to try to balance the the fears and concerns and wants of the community with with your police department. It's Mm. very challenging. Yeah. 
great. That was 45 seconds. Good job. <laughs> so uh, thank you, uh, Chief Jody Casper of the Northampton Police Department for joining us here at uh, Valley Free Radio for uh, one of the smartest discussions I've been, I've been able to be part of. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, thank you all for joining us tonight for Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, stay tuned for Subculture coming up next. Uh, that's all for now. We'll be back with more next week. Good night. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, episodes from our archives, and other projects, please visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening.